Mac Weldon. Love it. Dave, whatever you're wearing right now, Mac Weldon is better. Well, see, here's the paradox. I'm wearing Mac Weldon. I literally am too. Yeah. That's they've taken over my underwear drawer, folks. Not only do Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they also perform well. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means odor eliminated. Yeah, they are the perfect underwear for the gym. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like your first pair, which you're going to anyway, but you can keep it, they'll still refund you, no questions asked. I have to tell you, I, I've said this before, I will say it once more. I get excited to wake up in the morning so I can put on my Mack Weldon sweats. Oh, I yeah. love them. You luxuriate in those sweats, don't you? You're damn right. I gotta get a pair. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code HOMO at checkout. Hey, Matt. Dave. What's happening? I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, I'm spending some time on a website that I don't normally visit, and that is Facebook.com. Oh, boy. Because uh, I thought it was a good place for me to share an article from Esquire.com that uh, really gripped me this week. And I felt, you know what? This needs to get over to the – because you've got all the people from high school and stuff who are not on Twitter. Right. Needed to get to this this to them. I am talking, of course, about this piece that you wrote in Esquire, and uh, I'm sure you're not comfortable with me doing this, but uh, it's so good. I just want to urge people to read it. It feels like it um, talks about this, you know, nightmare about the the teens at the National Mall in a way that uh, is, is, is really moving. And also you talk about kind of like, the accountability that we all have in it. Oh, thanks. Seeing thanks. yourself in it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I and I'm glad you said that because uh like 90% of Twitter is like going to come to my house and kill me. <laughs> I I I mean I and I know that that's not real, but when you say any if you say anything about guns, if you say anything about Donald Trump, yeah. if you say anything about these kids who are suddenly conservative heroes for jumping up and down like jackasses in front of a Native American elder, um, people are like, you're like a Nazi and I'm going to come get you. And it's like, it's a little frustrating yeah. because they don't take the time to actually read what you have to say. They just kind of look at the headline. They kind of get what they perceive your point of view about the kid to be. And then they proceed forward from there. They do the exact thing that they accuse you of doing, mm-hmm. which is taking a look, taking your own personal biases, and then, you know, making a judgment. Yeah. Whereas I think we've all been jumping around jackass kids. One hundred. Well, we have I'm, I'm just going to read this one section oh, because okay. I think this this captures uh, the spirit of this oh, so beautifully. And you say, uh, one reason this experience has been so uncomfortable is that many of us see ourselves in that face. We're talking, of course, about the face about the, you know, the kid. We know kid what we're talking about today. There's no use pretending I don't. I grew up in this kind of environment at, at this kind of school. That face is me at that age, joining in the abuse of the gayest kid in class on the days when I managed to work my way to second gayest. It's me when I didn't stop the handful of my high school classmates from chanting it's all right it's okay you're gonna work for us someday at the kids from a poorer high school when they were beating us in basketball i've made this face i've laughed at someone the way these kids laughed at nathan phillips and i have the restless sleep to prove it you of course you are not exonerating this kid no by by any stretch of the imagination but also you got to bring some compassion to the situation you know what i mean kind of call the thing what it is Mm -hmm. and we all know what it is you know, and it it doesn't boil down to just the hat, although that doesn't help. And it doesn't all boil down to the tomahawk chops, although that doesn't help. Yeah. And I know the black Israelites played a big part in it as well, but don't fucking listen to them. Yeah. You don't have to listen to them. Yeah. Like any chaperone with a brain cell in his head would know, like, just steer the kids away. That You can't, you don't win in that situation. Yeah. Just don't engage. Um, we've all had a moment being like that and and we have been lucky enough if we are lucky enough to evolve past it yeah um but my concern as i talk about is that the world of kindness and and like mercy and magnanimity and all that is gone right it's largely gone because the people who run the world run it on nasty behavior yeah um and yeah and i and i'm 
you know, I'm more concerned about the the kindness directed at the Native American man who's being yeah. mocked in this. Yeah, as as you are too. But it is interesting the way people are also demanding kindness and forgiveness immediately for these kids in a way that, like you're saying in the article, I don't necessarily think their lives should be destroyed. No. But I do think they need to be held accountable. Right. I would personally like to beat their asses physically right. myself. Right. That's not a helpful you no. know, addition to the conversation. But you also know that you're not going to do that. You right. you have arrived at a place in your life where you know that that's not appropriate. Right. Um, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a it's a frustrating it's a frustrating moment in history. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to watch. I think a former guest, DeRay McKesson, when he when it was announced that the kid was going to be on today, simply said, "Watch whiteness work." Yes, and that's kind of what it is. Like this kid, who you know, maybe in the most generous interpretation of events, just kind of stood by while literally dozens of his peers mocked an elder. Mm-hmm. Um, is now being rewarded, you know, with a spot on today and maybe a trip to the White House. Yeah, and there are all, are, are are these arguments to be made about why we should not be naming him, finger pointing at him because it's too easy for the other side to turn him into a martyr and a victim. Sure, but I'm like, you know what? They're going to do that no matter what. Yeah. I I'm I am okay with his life being ruined, and I know it's not going to be. No, um, I'm not okay with his life being ruined. I don't know it's not going to be. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to take a minute to yeah. to pull it back together. But that's that's what happens. That's that is what growing up is. Mm-hmm. I, yes, he has been subject to absolute like terrible nasty attacks on the internet, and we got to figure out a way to not th- threaten people's lives and dox them on the internet. Yeah. Um, but this is all kind of a part of growing up. Sorry. Um, it just is. And if, you know, if we if we can live in a world where a 12-year-old black kid playing by himself in a park with a toy gun gets shot by police because they perceived a threat, if we're going to just walk away from that mm-hmm. culturally, um, it – it's not the worst thing in the world to say to a kid who wants to wear the Make America Great Again hat, if you want to wear that hat, that's fine, but that is freighted with meaning for a lot of people. So mind your P's and Q's while you're doing that. You yeah. know what I mean? Because people will read into it something that maybe you don't intend. You know, that maybe, again, to be very generous to you, maybe you don't intend it, but people will see it. Your your age and the color of your skin and the clothes that you wear will mark you. Yeah. And that is maybe a, a, a mo- like a teachable moment for, for young people. That is not just for non-white people anymore, folks. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Um, but I'm certain when I look back on uh, Twitter again, some uh, egg is going to call me some kind of soy boy or something. Soy boy. I'm getting called all kinds of soy boys. <laughs> and it's okay. It's very funny to be like, to be the host of this show, to like do this with you. And like to write about being gay so much and then have so many people call me like effeminate or a faggot or a soy boy or whatever and think that that is in some way going to be like – that diminishes Hurtful in in any way. way. You can go ahead and save that one because that does not bother me. You're my favorite soy boy, Dave. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're my favorite soy boy. Thank you. Oh, man. Um, What's going on in your week? How are you? My week is good. I'm looking – oh, by the way, we have to mention yeah. uh, we need to give a shout-out to Instagram's premier cat drag queen, RuPaw's Drag Race. P-A-W, like a paw, like a animal. They animal. sent us uh, a really cute calendar of Kitty Couture for 2019. And this, of course, has all – it's an Instagram handle that you've probably all seen. Cats dressed up in iconic, uh, you know, drag race looks. I mean, the but, cover alone has a cat dressed up like the Asia O'Hara Tweety Bird. Yes. So there's layers to that. And the best thing about this is that it has um, birthdays of all, all of the – you know, important icons to the audience for this particular calendar. Sure. People like Adam Lambert, Oprah, uh, Greg Luganis, Nick Carter, Big Frida. And then I'm flipping through. I'm going to, oh, I, on January 4th, I do see June Diane Raphael and Aja. Oh. I have the same birthday as Aja and Michael Stipe. Did not. Matt McConkey did make it on there somehow. Oh, not shit. surprising. I'm 
But March 14th. Which I will just tell you, March is a month of sponges. Oh, yeah. Um, Monet. Just like a Monet Exchange. Um, March 14th is the birthday of Kevin Williamson. Mm-hmm. Anthony, don't know his last name. Simone Biles, who is a gymnast. She flips all around. And Dave Holmes. That's correct. Who also flips all around. I certainly do flip all around. So you've got a couple months to uh, pick out uh, a gift for me. Uh, thank I, you. I was talking to the listener. You've already, you've already got me something, I'm sorry. Of course. But a but good reminder that yeah. tw- 2020 is right around 2019. <laughs> Wait, what are, where are we? I don't know. Yeah, you know, your birthday's coming up. It is. Well, a couple months. Uh, anyway, uh, that was such a sweet gift and such a nice, delightful surprise to get from, mail. From Simply John. So thank you, Simply thank John. You, John. Didn't get a last name, but thank you, John. Um, you know who you are. Also, oh, get the RuPaul's Kitty Couture calendar. Yes. Pick it up. Yes. It's not too late. Uh, this week's guest oh, is a man. doozy. We've been going after this one uh, for a while. Yeah. We finally got to sit down with her. Can you talk me through her behavior in the last episode of Vanderpump Rules? I understand it was a little controversial. Yes. So today's guest is Billy Lee, who, of course, is a hostess on uh, for, uh, at the Sir Restaurant, uh, a cast member of Vanderpump Rules. This week uh, was a hot, hot week for Billy Lee. She 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 made some choices. She took some stances. She, it what it really boils down to is that there are two camps in the war at Vander in the Vanderpump universe, mm-hmm. and one is essentially the most of the ladies, your Katies, your Kristens, your Sheenas, whatever. Sure. Like they gen- and there's infighting with them, but they're kind of all on one side. And then the other side is James. Kennedy, who's uh, terrible, who is a monster, is a monster. But one person who is in that camp is Billy Lee. Interesting. So uh, she does get into that she, a little bit in our conversation, right? We touch on that in the conversation, but since then she's really gotten into it on the show and and taken some taken some swings and yeah, it's okay. uh, it's been quite a thing to witness, but uh, also quite a thing to behold in person and sure. get to interview her. How are you? Are you okay with all of it? I have a lot of mixed feelings, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I'm 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 so happy that Billy is who she is and that she is on television, and um, I think Vanderpump Rules is a great place for her to be. Uh-huh. We love her, even if we don't necessarily approve of some of her choices in this last episode. Exactly. Okay. Okay. It's important to get that out. But without further ado, enjoy our interview with Billy Lee. Well, Matt, Valentine's Day is coming up. Well, and I'm sitting here going, what am I going to get as a gift? What do I want as a gift for myself? I know. And I'll tell you something. I just opened my very own homesick candle. What? Uh, The Southern California blend. This is a gorgeous, massive, hand-poured scented candle made in small batches in the USA. And... Let's get a live smell. Wow, that's that is truly SoCal. Oh, it's it is. I want to be on the beach, surfing beach, and oh, uh, I want to. I want to hear some distant Jack Johnson. Oh my God, that is that this is, is real nice. Truly gorgeous. So I got uh, I got a couple. I got a New York and a New York City. Let's uh, let's give it a whiff. New York City first. Ooh, that's nice. The that's good part that's... of New York City. Not it's the, the good part of New York City. Yeah, not. Uh, yeah, it's not like it's, a, it's not pre-Giuliani. No, 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 yeah. no. Uh, and then there's New York State, where I've never lived, but it smells like an apple orchard and some nutmeg, and oh. you know, oh my god, that's delightful. Vacation getaway. Each candle from Homesick Candles is made from a natural soy wax blend. It comes in a beautiful gift box, so you don't have to box it up or nothing. Truly, mm-hmm. their new first kiss candle lets you celebrate the spot where you shared your first kiss. That's right. Good. Just go to homesick.com and check out the first kiss finder to pick yours. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying these. We also got a love candle. Dana, can we get a Ooh, yeah. get a little whiff of the love candle? Mm. It's really really subtle. It's really mm. subtle and nice. So sweet. Good for Valentine's Day. Just a just a mm. hint of love. Just a touch of love. Just a touch of love. Go, go to, to homesick.com and. For every classic size or three-wick candle you purchase, you will get a free mini candle of your choice. That's right. Pick your favorite memories and your candle. Add them to your cart. And for each classic or three-wick, you can add your choice of any mini candle for free. We're having so much trouble doing this ad because we're smelling all of these candles. Passing them back and forth. It's truly. Yeah. 
Uh, guys, mm. all you have to do is enter the code HOMO at checkout. That's homesick.com with yeah. promo code HOMO for this awesome deal. And this great offer is only available until February 15th. So order now. Every plate. Every plate. Every plate. No plate left unturned. That's right. That's right. Every plate. Every plate dinners are the cheaper, healthier alternative to takeout or delivery. And other dinner options, by the way, they're costing around $10 per serving, but every plate, on the other hand, offers five chef-designed recipes each week from only $4.99 per serving. Yeah, one meal. Five bucks. You throw five bucks away on the on the, the, the coconut sea salt thing down the street. Blew my nose on a $5 bill over there. That's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Every plate's recipes are very easy to follow. They come together in about 30 minutes, so you can have more time to enjoy your meal with your family. And you'll never buy more ingredients than you need because every plate's recipes come with everything already pre-measured. So they do the meal planning, the Mm -hmm. shopping, the prepping for you, which takes the time and the stress and the guesswork out of cooking. I really enjoy it. We got a week of of, uh, every plate recently. It was really good. It uses a lot less packaging which i really like yeah they put all the ingredients in the box you you like you have to reach in and find out which one's the potato and which one's the onion but you're a grown-up you can do that yeah. you don't need to have them in separate bags but by the way that's the amount of work you have to do and that's it that the is, rest of it is the fun part it's yes. the prepping it's the yeah. following the instructions it's mm-hmm. being it's being like oh i'm cooking a meal for myself like an adult which i know i would not do yeah if it weren't for every plate yeah if somebody didn't make me make a uh, spaghetti sauce I wouldn't. No. But they made me, and I'm glad they did, because it was really good, and it did not take that long at all. Guys, you can share this experience for six free meals across your first three weeks and free shipping on your first delivery. All you have to do is go to everyplate.com and enter code HOMO6. Ooh, this offer equates to one-third off each of your first three boxes when you go to everyplate.com and enter the promo code HOMO6. Dave, people always yeah. told me, be careful what you do. Mm-hmm. Don't go around breaking young girls' hearts. That's true. You That's know true. where I'm going with this. I do know where you're going with it. Yeah. I'm quoting from the famous song, Billy Lee, mm-hmm. which Michael Jackson wrote about a reality star mm-hmm. and a gorgeous hostess from Sir, yep. who was our guest today. <laughs> yeah. Billy Hi. Lee. Hi. Billy Lee. How Thanks are you? Thanks for being here. So good. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Sure. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Life is good. I'm excited for 2019. Yeah. Yeah. How was your 2018? I feel like it was a year for growth. Um, okay. Definitely was challenging. Uh, even filming this season for Vanderpump, it was a challenge. I... Um, yeah, a lot of it was like a trigger, one big trigger. You know, like things trigger us yeah. from our childhood, and like we realize, well, I still need healing. Yeah. <laughs> There's something going on here. Um, that was this season for me. It was really difficult, actually. Okay, and cameras in your face don't allow for healing. <laughs> no, I, I've like they don't even. I mean, you know, it's real life. It's real time, so they don't even pause when you're crying or having a nervous breakdown. They yeah. follow you everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're in such a interesting position on that show because you are kind of the the brains of the operation the the heart the soul the one of the few i would say non-demons in this <laughs> cast said with love to all of your yes. castmates but um do you ever feel like there's a weight of responsibility to act like a grown-up when your peers are acting you know the way that they're acting yeah, I, I definitely feel a sense of responsibility just being a trans woman and being visible on yeah. TV and being an activist. Um, but at the same time, you know, working in a restaurant, it's stressful. And so there are times where, and you'll see, like, I act out too because I'm in this environment that's really intense and people don't get along. And, um, you know, like I was saying earlier, just being triggered. So, um yeah, I try to be responsible and I try to be like, look, there's cameras in front of me, but it's so real life and you're so emotional that sometimes you just, you can't help it. It's like almost like the cameras disappear. And uh, I think that's what happens with a lot of my castmates, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's cameras around all the time. So we really honestly forget sometimes. And, and to their credit, your castmate, your castmates, as much as I want to sh- shit on them, I again, <laughs> I love the show and I love all of them. They have been, it se- at least it seems like on the show, really supportive and a, a good 
friend to you and a good, you know, mm-hmm. colleague. Um, yeah, this, you know, this summer we filmed, we filmed over the summer. It was different for me this time because, um, there was some incidents that was, you know, became like public about girls night, um, Katie and them planned a girls night and I wasn't included and it really triggered me and it really hurt, um, my feelings. And, uh, you know, she may have her personal opinions about me, but I think it all really started with, um, you'll see like James is one of my close friends and I know he, you know, needs healing and we have similar backgrounds and, um, I know he supports his entire family. So there's a lot of pressure on him and, you know, Kristen with pride, the episode of pride, like, she doesn't work there anymore, but she loves coming in and causing all kinds of drama. And, yeah. you know, he's obviously blacked out and she's just poking at him. And I see Katie commenting about his pants and stuff. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah, I, I just felt really bad for him. And, of course, he's going to blow up and say some really mean negative things because I felt like he was just pushed around the entire day. Also being intoxicated because we were all drinking. Um, you know, it was... This year is just not everyone likes me. And it's because I speak my truth. I take up for him. And at the end of the day, just like last year, you know, everyone hated Jax because he cheated on Britney. And I was like, Jax is in the doghouse. He needs healing. Like, I love fixing people and helping people, like, you know, do something spiritual and help themselves. And this year it's James. And um, people were mad at me for, you know, siding with James. But for me, I just wanted him to heal and I want him to be the best person he can be because I know really he's a good person. Yeah. I'm excited to see that unfold. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When you're not uh, working on the show and working at the restaurant and uh, doing all all the other stuff that, you do that we'll get into um what do you do to unwind what are you what are you what are you watching these days um i like watching random movies i just watched uh never been kissed i know it's really old but it's one of my favorite movies yeah classic um and then also right now i'm watching netflix's you oh yeah okay. yeah i just started it okay me too i'm i think i'm on like episode two or three but it's bananas yeah it's it's intense um but, you know, I, I've had a stalker incident in my life that, oh. like, ruined my life for eight months. Well, um, can we hear about that? Yeah, it was uh, it was actually a woman. Um, and uh, she just started showing up at my door. This was before I started working at Sir, And uh, she asked for pictures. And I was like, oh, okay, this is weird. And then she just kept on coming back with flowers and cards. And then um, she said that I was here to save her. And clearly she was, like, mentally insane. Um, And it was horrible. She threatened my life. She had all my friends, you know, were affected by it. Uh, It was really hard for me to live my life because she was constantly there. I was constantly calling. I had to get a restraining order. um, And then she faked her death. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to need a lot more information. <laughs> no, you can give it. Crazy. Um, How? She, well, she, I was actually in church, I remember, with a few of my guy friends and who was like, you know, protecting me and he, they knew what was going down. And um, we got a text message apparently from um, her phone and it was from her mom saying that she passed away and Billy couldn't save her. And I cried. I was, like, hysterical. But at the same time, I was relieved because I felt like I was yeah. safe again. Um, and then she uh, she lived in the same neighborhood as me. And I was the exact same day that later that evening, I was walking my dog. And I saw a car pull up. And, like, somebody was, like, um, kind of, like, laying low and, like, sneaking and looking at me. And I, like, looked closer and it was her. And I freaked out, and um, her mom was with her, and I freaked out on both of them. And um, oh, so this is a younger person. Her mom was with her. Yeah. She, well, I think she had mental issues. So yeah. I mean, obviously she did. Um, so her mom was with her, but she did get. Um, they did admit her, and uh, she was, I think, gone for like a year. And then I randomly like saw her on the street, and she gained like a hundred pounds, which is a sign that they're healthy. Like. Because yeah. she was really skinny before. Um, 
And yeah, I haven't heard from her since. But um, her mom, whenever I saw that happen, her mom, there was a language barrier. Like her mom was didn't speak very much English. And uh, I just told her mom everything. I was like shaking and screaming and crying. And then a couple of my guy friends who lived in the same neighborhood met me. And we just kind of explained to her mom like what's been going down for the last eight months. And uh, and then they told me that they were going to get her help. And then they did. And so you're now watching a stalker show. Yeah. Wow. So okay. it definitely brought up <laughs> some things yeah. for me. I was like, because she knew so much about my life. And, you know, we do put so much out there. Like, even now, I'm like, everything, all my profiles are public. And, um, you know, I, I'm on the TV show now. So it's it's really... Scary. But it's interesting that this all happened to you before reality TV. Yeah. And you know, and now you are on reality TV and, and theoretically even more knowable, but she hasn't – I guess that's a sign that she's gotten the help she needs, that she hasn't – Yeah, I mean, come back. you know, it, it's weird too. It's like I, I was very – I'm very spiritual, and I thought – I think we attract everything in our life. And I'm like, why am I attracting this person who I think could kill me? And – um the weird thing is her name was Tina. And this is really weird, a lot of information, but my I grew up with meth addicts yeah. and they call it Tina. Yeah. And so I would joke all the time, like, where's Tina? Because I just, it was a comfort thing because I grew up with it. And, you know, years later, my crazy stalker is named Tina. Wow. Just, I don't know. I, I thought of, because I went through it really a lot. I was crying all the time. I, I, the thing is she was smaller than me, so I could have knocked her down and, you know, beat her ass in a second, but I was afraid that she would have a weapon because she would threaten in that way. Um, and I actually owned a restaurant at that time and she would come into my restaurant all the time. And it was just like, I was afraid to go to work. I was afraid to leave my apartment. Wow. So how did you go? How did you then segue into working at Sir and being on the show? Well, I I had a cafe for two years and it was really stressful. Um, and I was bought out by the owner of the building, and I traveled for a little bit, and um, yeah, I got some surgeries, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and then. I was like, I need a job, and I love restaurant business. I just didn't want to own a restaurant. I was like, I can work in a restaurant again, but I just don't want to own one. So um, I had a friend of a friend who was like, I know Lisa. She would love to have you. You know, they're always hiring at one of her restaurants. And so they set up an interview meeting with her, and the rest is history. And now she's my fairy godmother. Oh, my God. (laughs) And interviewing for the job, you knew out the gate, this you will both be working at the restaurant and be – seen on the show. That's just part of the deal. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I knew that they were filming there, but um, I, that wasn't priority. It really was just to make money and right. have a job. Um, and then um, when they started production, I think a few months after I got the job, then they approached me and was like, are you comfortable with being on camera? And my background is radio, TV, and film. Like the ultimate goal since I was five was to have my own talk show. So, you know, I, I thought, okay, this is, I I lived a long time. Even when I owned my restaurant, I was stealth, which basically means I was living as a cis woman. I wasn't telling people that I was trans. And I was just so afraid to be my true self. I was so afraid to let people know my truth. And I was ashamed of being trans. And I went through this whole experience, especially after having a stalker. And um, I traveled and just went and tried to find myself. And I realized my community, my trans community, is under attack and... I need to step up and be visible and I need to tell my truth. And I remember Oprah saying a long time ago, the most powerful thing you can do is tell your truth. So I started writing my truth and people started to notice. And I think the universe just opened all these doors for me. Um, But I have to say it, you know, we're in America and it's also about beauty. And I lived as a man who was transitioning and I had no opportunities. I had every door shut and I couldn't, you know, get a job. I had to prostitute and I went through really difficult times when I first transitioned because people just wouldn't hire me. And um, then when I had all these surgeries, um, the red carpet just rolled out for me. Hmm. So it's weird to experience both sides. But I also believe too is, you know, I physically became this way because I found myself and I had started loving myself and went on that journey of self-love. Right. Yeah. Did you, as a as a younger person, did you see yourself reflected in culture at all? Like, was there any roadmap for you culturally? No, I really felt alone. Uh, 
you know, I, I connected with certain people. Anyone that was different. I grew up in a town where it was all white people. So mm-hmm. I, I would. Where is this, by the way? Uh, Ter- West Terre Haute, Indiana. Mm-hmm. It's a very small town. And, um, yeah, so I, I would watch TV with my mom and I would see Oprah and I loved the color of her skin. And I remember I got out of my little town when I turned 16 and went to driver's ed in a bigger city next to my town. And I became friends with a um, a woman of color. And I was so excited that I was just friends with someone that was different than me. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, our differences brought us together. And I felt like, I don't know, I just didn't feel alone because... I was hanging out with someone who was different than me. Mm-hmm. And then Oprah represented that too because she was so powerful and inspirational, but I just loved people who were different than me. Yeah. Um, can we just hear some like top five, like top favorite pop culture things for you? Like, like all time other than never been kissed. Let's do all time favorite movie. Um, I think it's like Romy Michelle High School Reunion. Okay. Great well, choice. we're friends. Great, yeah. great choice. <laughs> Excellent. Good, good friendship. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. It's truly, it's a perfect film. Yeah, it is. I mean, for well, anyone, but especially someone who felt like an outsider in high exactly. school. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's outrageous. Yeah. Music. Was there a song that you lost yourself in? You know what? Honestly, I've realized lately I've been listening. I like to listen to sad songs for some reason. And like the lyrics would be like, break my heart so I can write a love song. Break Uh my heart so I can feel something. And I listen to songs on repeat. When I like something, I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to it all day long. Sure. And I realized a few days later, like my heart was like hurting. And I just felt like I was going through a breakup. And I'm like, what are you doing? You, I listen to affirmations. And then I'm like, here I am listening to these songs. And the lyrics are heartbreaking. And so now all I listen to is spiritual music, like high vibrational music, instruments. Um, I like incense, Palo Santo, Sage. Like uh-huh. I hippie it out all the wow, time. I love it. Yeah, I try not to listen to anything with lyrics unless it's like high vibrational. Okay. Explain high vibrational. What do you, what do you mean by that? Like positive. You know, it's like, you know, the whole thing where you write um, how they would write positive words on a b- bottle of water and then they f- would freeze it. And they would show like this beautiful, amazing um, snowflake, but then they would do negative things and it would show up as like some weird, um, not cute snowflake. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of like how I am. I, I have post-its all over my house that says, I am love, I am light, I am beautiful, I am powerful. Um, yeah, I have, I, I'm from a place where it's really dark energy. I was born and raised in a negative environment. There was abuse and a lot of fighting and, Drugs. So I, um, I felt like I was living my life in fear, mm-hmm. and it's you know you have to transform that fearful thought to love, mm-hmm. which is a miracle according yeah. to A Course in Miracles. Yeah. Are you a Marianne Williamson person? Is yeah, that- I love her. Return to Love is my f- the first book that really changed my life. And when you say church, are you what? What are you referring to? Um, I don't really go to a church. I mean, I'm interested, um, but I'm not really religious. I'm just more spiritual. I'm more open-minded. I practice hot yoga and meditate. I try. I mean, it's hard whenever you work at a restaurant and <clears throat> you're filming. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to get wasted. Oh, of course. <laughs> sure. Did so you, you, you grew up around like anger and fighting and drugs. Now mm-hmm. you're at a restaurant where there's anger and fighting and pasta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, do you, do you feel like your upbringing like gave you the skills to survive? For sure. In a, in a, in a sur environment? Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember, like, one time, we actually weren't even filming, but there was, like, three fights going on, and I was bouncing around and, like, trying to take up for myself, but also control the energy, and I'm like, wow, this is what my childhood... Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I if I try to look at the positive thing, it definitely prepared me for um, the crazy group of friends that I have now. <sighs> yeah. Who do you see the most when you're not filming? Um, Tom and Ariana are like my closest friends and Jeremy and um, they live right behind me. So it's convenient. Um, I hang out with Sheena a lot and um, James. Yeah. But I think, you know, Stassi, Katie and Kristen, like they're best friends. Mm -hmm. The witches of WeHo, they have Mm -hmm. this dark, scary chemistry about them. And uh, I I honestly tried to be friends with them, but I just, it just didn't work out. Mm. Yeah. Here's something I've always wondered. 
there's staff beyond what we see, like the people who get airtime. Is there tension between the the way the wait staff that don't get to be characters on the show and those who do? Yeah, I feel like like there's upstairs, downstairs kind of a thing. Yeah, I feel like there's layers of drama. Like, you have the on camera drama, but then you also have the people who are on the camera who I'm friends with and work with. And you have that layer of drama. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have some people who work at Sir who I feel are like, you know, very thirsty to be like in front of the camera. Um, So they'll do anything to, you know, they'll suck someone's penis can i say that no, um, yeah. yeah yeah you can even say dick if you want to. well yeah okay yeah. yeah you may not say penis but you can say <laughs> fucking cock yeah i think that we're all here to deliver a message and some people are willing to deliver a message like oh so-and-so sucked so-and-so's dick and i'm like that's the message you want to deliver yeah. on national television yeah that's your 15 minute fame or five or two seconds whatever um and you know my message is definitely deeper and more important um and that's just bringing visibility to the trans community. So I, it's weird. Sometimes you do get, I do get bothered by people who are, um, you know, they'll do anything to get in front of the camera. But I get it. Everyone wants success and wants to be recognized for something. But yeah, people are using the platform in very different ways. Oh, yeah. Like, I even recently, um, there was a girl who, like, said that she slept with James. Um, and... You know, I'm like on pride. I'm like, she's the way she was so, I don't know, excited about like, yeah. And, you know, Raquel went to bed and we like slept together. And I was like, oh my God. I I don't know. I just, that scene, that situation where her, Kristen and her were together. Um, I think they were out to dinner or something. I just, I felt for her. It's like, I felt sorry for her in a way because that message she was delivering, first of all, like, why couldn't you pull Raquel aside and talk to her? And I don't know, she just seemed like she was proud and worthy because she did that with James behind Raquel's back. And it's just something I wouldn't be proud of or definitely wouldn't want to be on TV talking about it. But hey. Yeah. But for some people, it's like, I've got a (laughs) storyline. Yay. Exactly. She got a storyline for sure. Yeah. But then what comes next? You know, that you get some success from that and then... What's your follow-up, you know? Yeah. Got to be the, thinking a step ahead. Yeah. I know. That's my thing Youth is I'm always thinking a step ahead. I'm always <clears> – <throat> I mean, again, my ultimate dream is to have a platform where I can share other people's stories. So, you know, my team – I have a huge team now, so they all know that. And uh, <clears throat> even though I'm like – there's times I'm still at Sarah working, and I'm like, okay, am I going to be in a restaurant the rest of my life? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's take a quick break and we will be right back with yeah. Billy Lee. Yes. Yay! Should we just dive back in? Let's do it. Oh my God, it's so busy. It is so busy and stressful in this world, isn't it? I don't even have time to listen to what you're saying, Dave. Get to the point. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to tell you about Blinkist. It's the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best key takeaways and need-to-know information so you can listen to them in 15 minutes. Yes, 8 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help to business to health to history books. Mm -hmm. There are some books that I had been dying to read, but who has the time to get through that entire Michael Wolff book about the Trump president? Right. Give it to me in 15 minutes. They got it. Fire and Fury inside the Trump White House. They've also got How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. They've got uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. They've got Becoming by Michelle Obama. Obama. Get it bite-sized. For a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash homo and start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist. B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash homo. Start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash homo. We are back with Billy Lee. Hi. We've stretched. <laughs> yes, a little we've, yoga. <laughs> uh-huh. We've done deep breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're ready. Um, so let's talk. Are you seeing anybody right now, Billy Lee? You know, I'm not. I uh, I just joined this dating app. I can't say what app it is. Okay. But um, yeah, I just... It's Raya. <laughs> I can't say. Uh, <laughs> but I... Um, 
You know, it's a challenge dating as a trans woman in America. Um, and the reason why I say America is because I don't live anywhere else and I don't know. But it's, you know, I, I think, here's my thing. The younger generation, they're okay with trans people. They're okay with dating a trans woman. But I don't want to date someone who's 23 or 25. Yeah. Like, I'm 30. <laughs> I'm 34. <laughs> and, you know, I want to adopt children in the next couple of years. I want to build a family. So, uh I try to date someone around my age or a little older, and I find sometimes with the older generation, they are very stuck on what society thinks and, you know, the pressure of dating a trans woman with society and especially what's going on with Trump and office and everything. They just, it's hard. They, a lot of rejection, I have to say, dating as a trans woman. And what about on Raya? Is it any different? Or, or, I'm sorry. Or whatever. Or what about, I, let's say Tinder. Let's just what, say. Yeah. What about on the fill in the blank um, app that you use? I just joined. It's recent. And um, yeah, I've, I've had some connections, but that's just where it is right now. Um, I find myself like going back and forth to my ex-boyfriend a lot just because um, it's comfortable and easy. But at the same time, I know that I want more and I know that. He can't provide that. So it's a challenge of mine is to love and accept myself enough that I know that I'm worthy for more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it's at because, you know, even filming and and not being included in things and stuff, we, it's like my worth is on the line. And also becoming, you know, somewhat of like a public figure. Um, you know, people are like, well, you're only worth this much if you post this and you're only worth this much for this campaign. Oh so I've felt like my worth go up and down and it's definitely um scary and uh sorry Faye is hacking (laughs) (laughs) lapping up water my dog does the same thing every time she drinks water she's like hacking through the entire house um but yeah I just have to keep myself in check you know that I have to write IMs and I have to journal and keep my gratitude in check so that way I can live um at a high frequency and I can attract someone who thinks that I'm worthy and, you know, can accept me even though society is still saying no. Who is this ex-boyfriend? How did, how? Um, he's my photographer. Yeah. Um, so it's challenging because we still work together. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, when you're best friends with someone and, um, I feel like it's just been best friends with benefits for the last couple of years. Okay. It doesn't sound terrible. But no, it, we have such a great time. We travel the world together. We have an amazing time. I just, he is not ready at all to like create a family. And uh, that's something that I really want. So I have to like, you know, eventually go elsewhere. And when that relationship ended, how did it end? It just ended as like, you know, <laughs> kind of just keeps on lingering. We still you know hook up we still hang out right (laughs) exactly um i mean there are times where i get frustrated because we are like so good with each other and then i'm like why won't you just you know it's like that girl Mm -hmm. that's nagging i mean like why can't we be exclusive that's what yeah yeah yeah. i'm that girl i get it (laughs) um can we hear your coming out story? I mean, I know it's a long, a long one, but you know. Well, I came out twice. You so, share. yeah. <clears throat> well, when I was like younger, my um, family took me to the doctor, and the doctor was very old school. I think he was like eighty at the time, and he was like, "Oh, your kid's very feminine. It's probably going to grow up and be gay." And so my family just considered me as gay, and my teachers, everyone considered me as gay. So I finally came out as a gay male. And I got into my first relationship with a man, and we were together for two years. And my parents— How old were you? I was 16. Okay. And my parents—or maybe 18. My parents forced me to be a boy. Like, they literally would be like, Billy, you're holding the fork like a girl. You need to be—like—they would always want me to go out and play and get dirty like my brother. And uh, my first relationship, he hated the fact that I wore makeup. He hated the fact that I shaved my legs. And um, when I— left that relationship and I went to college, I realized that I loved expressing my feminine energy. I loved being feminine. And I loved seeing my my body and everything transform to being feminine. So when I realized I knew I needed to transition, 
I was like, oh my God, I have to tell my parents. And I remember when I came out as gay, my mom was like, as long as you don't wear dresses, you're good. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's stuck in my head. Mm. And then my dad called me randomly one day and he was like, I just want you to know if you ever want to wear a beautiful dress and have me walk you down the aisle, I would be happy to do that. Mm, it was beautiful. so beautiful. And so that's when I was like, I told my dad, I'm like, yeah, I do actually want to wear a dress. I want to transition. And my mom was cool with it. Everyone was really cool with it. And uh, that was years ago. And now they're like my number one fan. They only see me as their daughter. My mom has pictures around my her house. Like she'll take, when I go home and visit, she literally just takes pictures of like paparazzi. Yeah. I'm like, mom, I'm not even like... <laughs> So they definitely, my dad's in prison right now, which is sad, but um, my, but they both love me so much. Yeah. Wow. Do you have siblings? I have a brother um, who uh, is, um, our relationship's not good because he's uh, addicted to drugs too. Mm. So it's really difficult for me to have a relationship with him. He has a lot of anger. Yeah. It seems like you've had to do a lot of just internal work and healing um, on your own. Yeah. Um, how, what What was the sort of like mechanism to do that for you? Um, well, I was going through this physical transformation and I was, you know, I wanted to be beautiful on the outside. I wanted to be accepted by society. And uh, when I was laying in, I went to Thailand to get my vagina, sexual reassignment surgery. And um, I was laying in bed there for a month, a healing, and I had a few spiritual books that um, were laying around. And I just thought, if I'm going to be beautiful on the outside, I really want to be beautiful on the inside. So it would just shine through. And so I just started picking up spiritual books and I got lost into the whole spiritual journey of loving myself. And um, yeah, it started there. And I, and. You know, I still struggle to this day. I struggle with addiction because I have parents who um, are addicts. My whole family is addicts. And if I'm addic- if I'm not smoking weed, I'm going to probably hit a cigarette. If I'm not hitting a jewel, I'm going to eat something. Like, I have a very addictive personality. It's not as far as, like, I drink every night or anything like that. I usually drink probably twice a month. But I definitely have the urge that my family has. Um, it just so happens that you know, meth is cheap and it's a small town. So, um, but yeah, I question sometimes if I didn't get out of my small town, would I be addicted to meth? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I get it. I'm from Southern Ohio and it's like an opioid ravaged. Yeah. It's terrifying. Really is. We got really dark, really deep. We sure no, did. Please. We sure did. So once you began transitioning, were you were you in relationships at all during that time? Or no, I mean, you know, you whenever you're transitioning, the um, it's difficult because you do have guys who are attracted to women who have a penis, and um, a lot of times you're just seen as a fetish. So guys will. Um, be down to like hook up with you, but they will not be like down to be seen with you. A lot of guys are married and they're hitting you up or, you know, I definitely, um, I, I said no to sex for a long time. And then I finally was like, look, if this is my body, this is what I have right now through this transition and guys are into it, I should just enjoy it just like enjoy the, the sex and be comfortable with myself for right now. And I did that for a little while. Um, but, you know, sometimes you do, like, I think any girl can go, th- well, anyone can go through this where you just feel kind of used for your body, especially if you're seen as a sexual object or a fetish. Um, but I find it kind of more difficult now that I'm, like, complete female. I have a vagina. My Everything is female. But at the same time, I still have this stamp on me that says trans. And, um, yeah, sometimes my trans sisters and I who are post-op um we all say the same thing like it's kind of difficult to date yeah yeah um so what what is life like for you outside of the restaurant and filming how else are you you know using the platform and what else are you up to well i teamed up with equality california which is um I'm on the board of advisors, and I wanted to be with an organization that really helps fight for our rights. And then I've been approached with 
you know, different companies about um, doing campaigns and partnerships. And it's weird because I, I, when I was looking for, (laughs) I'm with this company, Regenics, that we teamed up and I love them. And they're a hair care company and they specialized in thinning hair. And my hair was uh, so fragile from using extensions all the time and dyeing it and bleaching it. And I was just Googling like thinning hair, damaged hair, and Regenix came up and Matthew McConaughey uses them. And I was like, okay, he swears by it. Yeah. So I was like, I need to check this out. And so I went in, they're local here in West Hollywood. And um, we just like fell in love with each other. I loved the owner and um, they're like, we would love to work with you. And I said, okay, if we're going to do this, um, let's include... uh, I was like, let's include include an organization. So, yeah, we kind of teamed up, and now we have, like, this cute, like, Billy Lee bundle. So we have this damage control and shampoo and conditioner, and Mm -hmm. the damage control just really helps um, with thinning hair and damaged hair. And they specialize in, like, personal treatments and thinning hair. And I just love the fact that they're like, we want to work with you. We, you know, we want to give a trans woman an opportunity to be the face of our line. Yeah. And then also with Equality California, they're giving a percentage of all the proceeds to a percentage of it to um, to equality. So I'm like, I'm doing something great. At the same time, I'm helping, you know, I'm doing something beauty wise, but I'm also helping the community. And that was important to me. So anything that I attach myself to, like I have um, Alex and Ani, it's a bracelet line that's coming out and they're also giving to Equality. Nice. So I tried anything that I do beauty-wise to really connect with my community. Uh-huh. But, you know, the trans community, the unemployment rate is three times higher than the general population. Mm-hmm. So for Regenix to, you know, connect me with this and give me a job um, is amazing. And for Lisa Vanderpump to give me a job, to be visible on TV and to be visible in an ad campaign showing that trans people are worthy of hiring is really important. And I'm sure you feel, I mean, I know I feel in my own life, like any opportunity that comes my way, I'm like, I better ride this because it's going to run out. Yeah. I mean, do you you feel that? I mean, the thing is, trans people, Hollywood is stepping up. There's a lot of trans roles that there's so many auditions. I'm with a a pretty big agent now, Gersh, and they um, recently signed me theatrical and I have no acting experience. I've done a couple auditions and I went really far and they're like, whoa, you have talent you should really look into this. So I'm, I took my first acting class, I think, I think it was last week. So my, you know, they sent me these huge auditions. They're like three major scenes, um, leading roles for FX and stuff. And I'm like, calm down. I'm like, I (laughs) want this so bad, but I want to be prepared. So right now I'm just taking acting classes, um, in my free time. And, you know, I, the, the ultimate goal is really to, tell my truth and be maybe have a book deal or you know something like that but i think if i can act and have fun with it and also pay the bills that would be cool yeah yeah i'm very excited to see what you do next and i actually do want to ask this is not an ad but about regenics (laughs) just if i were say a male in his late 30s whose hair is on the thinner side what would i what does what's mcconaughey using to what what exactly do i need and what well they they do personalized treatments which is what's so cool and um that's what mcconaughey does he you Basically, they you can go in, or you can if you don't live in LA, you can mail in a hair sample. Uh-huh. Um, so just a piece of hair that's fallen out, um, and you send it in, and then they basically look and find out exactly what's going on and why you're thinning, and then they create a treatment, which like these cute little bottles that you do in the shower, um, and then you also have a shampoo and conditioner. So they personalize the treatment, create it for you, and yeah, it keeps your hair like full and. It's life-changing. Well, his before and afters are, that's all you need to see. Yeah. So it's all topical. So there's no scary pills. Yeah, no. It's, for me, personally, it's all topical. topical. Yeah. But the site has, like, I think it's uh, Regenix.com or Regenix Hair. They, you can see, you can kind of create, um, you know, you can just take a look. I, I would, I would look through there, especially if I was, you know, having hair issues. And the thing is, a lot of women, too, have hair issues, you know, thinning hair, um, we're constantly dyeing our hair and stuff. And we have this pressure from society to have like this amazing hair. So I think it's cool that, um, you know, that's what they specialize in. Yeah. 
Yeah. I want to get back to to potential love interests just for mm-hmm. a moment because now you're you're hobnobbing with great organizations that are the beneficiary of the Billy Lee bundle and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You're going to be with some high level, high vibrating, do gooden LGBT people. What do you look for in a in a potential mate? Like what what turns your head? For what are you so what? for like a potential date? Like what what's a quality in a human being that makes you go like ooh? I mean, are you a um, looks person? Or are you like a no? I, you know what? I I've been writing this down on on um, all over my apartment because <laughs> I'm trying to manifest okay. a life partner. Yeah, um, someone, this is another great step in that direction. I should let yes. you know doing yeah. this show. Yes. yes. Oh really? Oh yes. yeah. Oh. We have a track record of success. Oh great. Proven <laughs> time and again. I just perked up. Um, yeah. Honestly, people that are caring and kind and. Um, just a loving person who actually cares about other people than besides themselves. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm not attracted. To, I've dated people who are very short. I've dated people who are tall. I'm very open-minded when it comes to physical appearance. Um, but for me, it's someone who is like caring and romantic and thoughtful. That's really important. And I have to say hygiene. And, you know, I, I, like someone who is clean and has nice teeth. That's important. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be perfect, but you know, as long as you clean and brush your teeth like (laughs) but honestly someone who's accepting open-minded accepting and caring that's that's all over my apartment right now Mm -hmm. and available you know i come across some really amazing people but they're never really available and i think it's a challenge in la because we're all here for our dreams and we have so many things that we're and there's all this competition there's so many single people here um I always told my ex-boyfriend, I'm like, I wish we could just move back to the Midwest where we just eat dinner, watch movies, gain 30 pounds, mm-hmm. and live happily ever after. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but in L.A., there's this pressure to look attractive and yeah. fit. And, um, but, you know, I really want to adopt. I volunteered in Haiti like seven years ago, and um, I really want to adopt from Haiti. Wow. So I sometimes like three in the morning, I'm like up late at night, and I'm Googling like ways to adopt and... Um, I'm telling myself, calm down. You're still working at a restaurant. <laughs> you can't afford a baby right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it would be nice if I, like, eventually find a partner that um, wants to have kids and that's open to adopting and, you know, together financially we can do that. But at the same time, I'm totally open to adopting by myself when I can afford it. In the meantime, are the are the DMs open? If anybody's listening, the who DMs wants to slide are in? open. Yes, great. You can slide right in. Okay. <laughs> Find her on Raya, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fill in the blank. Uh, app. Yeah. I heard Perhaps. someone got kicked off because they said publicly. Well, I mean, oh, really? but you have made it very clear to us time and again, it is not Raya. So yeah, that's okay. exactly. I don't think you're in no. any danger. Exactly. And then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Billy Lee, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, And uh, and we wish you uh, love and light and sanity at SOAR. Yes, thank you. (laughs) I need it. (laughs) Billy Lee, what can't you see? A firecracker. Uh, and uh, a delight and uh, I can't wait to hear more from her and see what she gets into next week on Vanderpump Rules mm-hmm. she's having a big season that's right you know what we're having a big season here at Homophilia always uh, thank you once again to John for the calendars yes thank you Dana thank you Ryan thank you Brent Morris hanging out in the studio <laughs> thank you Ben Wise for the music yes thank you Matt thank you Dave thank you listener bye bye Well, you took the time to listen to Homophilia. We appreciate that, and we understand how hard it is to sit down and learn more, right? Nobody's got the time. Nobody has the time. You may think you don't have time to read a book. Well, you better think again. Because Blinkist. Blinkist is here. It's the only app that condenses thousands of nonfiction books into the best key takeaways so you can read or listen to them in just 15 minutes. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash homo and start your free seven-day trial. That is Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash homo. Start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash homo.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.